Welcome to Cross Lane Community Church, where we are committed to bringing people to Jesus. We hope you enjoy this online message. I got to say it again. Good morning. It's good to be here. Hey, when you say good morning, you, you just a little quick, little something, little free here. Uh, you know, when you say good morning, you know, at, at the very beginning of the Bible, when God created light, he said it was good. He also says now with every sunrise, it's a symbol of new mercies every day you know and then he said that the moon govern the night and that's a good thing he said that was good and the moon governs the night the moonlight governs the night and so that means his faithfulness kind of symbolizes he's watching us through the nights of our life and so just you know when you say good morning i mean really what you're saying is something very theologically uh, rich and beautiful i mean it indeed is a good morning mercies are new baby so uh so uh, good morning to that hey you guys see some dirt turned up over here, some trees down. Come on, let's get our hands together and just celebrate. We're going somewhere. We're going. We're doing this. And this is exciting, exciting times. Uh, and, and man, it's on now. Over the next several weeks, we'll just see more and more progress. And uh, how exciting. Well, again, if, you, if, if you're a visitor, I'd just like to say welcome. My name's Kyle. I'm usually not doing this. So you've got to come back next week and take in the real experience. Uh, don't ju- judge us today. Uh, but we're glad you're with us. Um, and I'll be speaking. I, I got to speak last week. We kind of joking around the office. It was the first time in Crossland history. I, I got to do a mini-series, and just, I just feel so big now. Um, but... Uh, we so uh, what we began last week, we will quickly end this week, and uh, Brett will be back next week. What we started talking about, though, was just this whole concept of God's will. That that some of us we get off track, right? All of us at some point do, but when we get off course, off track of of God's will, it's like, man, how can we can we get back to it and get back on that right track? And we de- we decided that it's kind of like a good, perfect will of God. That it's more like a door frame. It's more of a a zone ish, like kind of being this zone of of God's will, and and you'll find God's will um, instead of a finite thing. And, and last week we really uh, talked about the this side of the door frame which was the moral will of God and how the uh, the Bible is so much more than just you know ancient words but they're alive they're active they're true they can life change and we need to meditate on it and uh, hopefully this is just one of a billion reading plans for the Bible but some of you pick these up at the Welcome Center there's more out there if you didn't get one like I said this is just one uh, one way to kind of meditate and read through the Bible. But if you're wanting to find God's will for your life, if you're wanting to kind of get in this door frame, you've got to begin with the moral will of God, which is what he wrote in his word. And, and, and you need to read the Bible and find that out. And this will get you kind of back into that, that fair way. And this week we're going to talk about the, what we called last week the sovereign will of God. And uh, that's what God's up to on earth. Now a lot of us, you know, there's sometimes a big misconception that we, we treat Jesus kind of like a heavenly Santa Claus. You know, it's just like, this is what I want with my life, so God, come bless it. This is where I want to go, God, come bless it. When really, God is up to something on earth. And if you want to be in the blessing zone, you find out what he's up to and you go be a part of that. He, he knows how he made you, your desires, your, your gifts, your talents. It's like, God, I, I want to use this to go where you're, where you're at and, and be blessed there. But we're talking about the sovereign, sovereign will of God today and um, for, for your life. Ideas, very simple. And, and hopefully today we will uh, kind of 
and to see this. I want to review the, 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 the theme verse that we're using for these couple weeks in, in, in this thought. It comes out of Revelation 3. And I need big energy today. I, I need your help. Here's the deal. If you read this out loud with me, I need good audience participation. And I'm just, I just want to be a cool sub, you know. I want to let you out early. I want to get you out of here early. I mean, just that way. It's awesome. So you, you got to bring me some energy and then... Uh, I'll let you out. And, I mean, it's your choice. If, if you don't, we'll stay here till 12. It doesn't concern me. So, I'm the judge, okay? I have the power this morning. Let's read this out in our full voice, just the people of God reading the Word of God. Let's read it out loud. What He opens, no one can shut. And what He shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. And I said it last week, I'm going to say it again this morning. I really believe some of us just need to hear that truth. That what God opens, no one can shut. And He knows every single one of your deeds. And some of you this morning just need to, again, it's like we got, we got to bang you upside the head till, till you believe it. Hey, He knows your deeds. And His grace is greater than where you've gone or the mess you're in. And He has placed an open door, an open door that no one can shut. And he's saying, this is the way, come back, and let's get back into this door frame, this will of God, and, and, and go for it together. And, uh, and what, what he shuts, no one, can op- no one can open. So, today as we, we focus on the other side of the door frame, it's the sovereign will of God, you need to understand that it's going to be a process. God's sovereign will for your life is a, is a process. And, and we're going to discover this as we look into the text. We're going to see four stages. And hopefully, you kind of will find yourself in one of these stages and maybe be challenged, encouraged, inspired to maybe get, you know, to the next stage or, or to overcome this, the, the stage you're, you're in. And uh, to teach you this, we're going to look at uh, Acts 20. So if you want to turn into your Bibles, uh, Acts 20 is where we'll be coming out of. <clears throat> Now in Acts 20, uh, and we'll have it up on the board for you, but if you want to turn it there in your Bibles, that'd be good. We'll be camping out there. And then the other scriptures, I'll just show up on the, on the board for you. You don't really have to turn to them if you don't want to. But what's going on here is this is the Apostle Paul writing, okay? And, and what he's doing is he's getting ready to leave Ephesus. What the Apostle Paul does is he goes around and plants churches, raises up leaders, and then lets them sail, you know, off, and he goes and does it again. He's a church planner, not really a pastor where you stay at the church for a long time, but more of a church planner, raise it up, and then send it, send it off. So this is Paul. He's leaving Ephesus, and this is kind of like his farewell speech. And he, and he writes this in Acts 20, 22 to 24. He, re, he writes this, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. The, the first stage we're going to talk about this morning, if you're taking notes or if you're wanting to jot some of this stuff down, the first one is the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Acts 20, 22, We just read it. It says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem. I can't see it. 
I can't, I can't explain it. I can't even touch it. I just, I just feel it. I'm compelled. I've got to go. I've got to go. I can't tell you why. I just know I need to go to Jerusalem. It, it's a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Best way I can just give you a little illustration for this is just quite simple. I mean, when Stephanie bakes cinnamon rolls in the oven. There is a whiff I catch, and uh, it's not my boys, it's the cinnamon rolls. No. Uh, it's the cinnamon rolls coming out, and it's like I'm compelled to go through the perfect will of God, the door, to the kitchen. I will knock kids out of my way. I'll knock Stephanie out of my way. I have to have the middle one of the cinnamon. She puts them in a circle, and there's a middle one, and it's just ooey gooey, icing, I mean, it's just hot, and, and that's the one. That's mine. Like, I share it sometimes, but mainly I, I just hog it. But that's the one. I got to have it. I'm compelled. The scent of cinnamon just kind of comes in, and I'm just drawn to the kitchen. Forget what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I've got to go. Compelled, the Greek word, really means the cords, you're wrapped up, and, and you're being pulled. It, that's what compelled means. It means like, I, I can't help it. I, I've got to go. I mean, I'm, I'm bound up. I'm being dragged. I can't explain it. I just feel it. I feel it. I'm, I'm drawn to this. I'm compelled to go. And uh, the, the question um, the, the, this morning for you is just, what are you stirred about? I mean, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He, he stirs stuff in us. And the question is, what are you stirred about? For me, I mean, this is not just another sermon for Sunday morning, okay? This is not just preacher talk. This is not, you know, I go to Bible college undergrad or, or study and get my master's, and this is a course in that of what I'm trying to talk. This is, this is I'm compelled. I've got cinnamon in my nose, baby, for, th- for this stuff, all right? I'm compelled. I, I, I'm stirred up about this, and, and, and I so badly want you guys to be stirred up about something in your life. And, and, and I'm trying to ask you and just try to twist in you or to see what, what, what stirs you. You know, even us as a church, today as we talk, you know, we're, we're, we're focusing on our individual lives. But there's some stuff going on with our church that's, that's so easy applicable to this. I mean, like this church, Cross Lane, we've got cinnamon in our nose to bring people to Jesus. We can't help it. We will build on. We will add. We will grow. We will expand because nothing can stop us. We're, I mean, we're bound up. We're being dragged. We've got to do this. It, who cares if we have two services on Sunday morning and you'd say, we just sit, chill out. You're, you're working hard, you know. Just do that and let somebody else know. God has given us an opportunity. God has given us a door. God has said, come. You know, I, I'm bringing people to Jesus and I'm making life change happen. And we will be as humbly as we can, so obedient to that and follow that. And we'll say no to everything at this church that gets in our way of that. We will bring people to Jesus. We will continue to grow and move on. I mean, here's the deal. I kind of get worked up about this. Uh, I, I hate the concept that 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 sometimes it thinks that you know Terre Haute's a dying town and we're on the dying end of a dying town. I mean, it, it, I I loathe that statement because here's the deal: Menards. If you just open up a map and and put Menards right over here across the field and, and draw a big radius, you know, a circle around that of of the amount of people who drive to that area to buy a hammer and nails multiple times a week, I'm like, no. 
we can grow. We can. If we're offering Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of life, the one who redeems, restores, and renews marriages and personal lives. And I mean, he, if, if we're giving this, it's not to just grow and be big, to be big. It's, it's cinnamon in our nose. We're, I feel compelled that we can grow. And if they're driving miles for nails to be put up into a wall, they will drive miles to hear truth and that, that truth can change and transform lives. I, amen. Amen. Yeah. So, wow. Job says it like this, and I love how he says it. Job says this in uh, 32, if you guys got it up on the board. It says, for I am full of words and the spirit within me compels me. Inside, I am like a bottled up wine. Like new wineskins, I'm so ready to burst. And, and here's the deal. Some of you this morning, if, 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 we're, just, if we're just honest, you say, Kyle, I, I don't feel compelled to do anything. Today, I don't feel like doing anything. Kind of a familiar song on the radio these days. Today, I don't feel like doing anything. Kyle, it's good. You're jacked up, man, because I sure am I'm not. I'm stuck. And, and here's the deal. Two things. Two things. Two things. I'm not trying to get messy. I'm not being judgmental. You guys know me. I'm just sensitively saying um, it could be one of two things. A, if you're, if you're not stirred up about something this morning, it, it could just be that you're simply not connected with, with God. In, in Romans 8, it, when it talks about when we get connected up with God, communication starts to happen, you know, and we get, we get connected now, and now we're restored uh, through Jesus Christ. Some of you just aren't connected. The good news is that's an easy fix. We can have a meeting, talk about, you know, the work of Jesus and, wh and what, what he's done for us, and, and we can get you connected. But some of us, probably most of us in the room, we, we've been spiritually born. It's just we've, we've just grown kind of flat. We're just kind of stale. We're just kind of cold. Um, well, let me explain it this way. Like this Pepsi right here. When it's nice and cold, you know, you, uh, you open it up, and it just goes... You know, there's, there's just a little fizz in there. And I think that's what some of us are like. I mean, there's just really just a little, pssst, you know, when you, when you open us. We're, we've, just, we've just got enough in us. We come to church every Sunday. We, you know, we kind of do the deeds here and there. We might do something extra here and there. But really, it's just a, pssst, it's just a small, you know, fizz. But if you start to heat it up, just start to shake it. You guys are glad you sat on the front row today, aren't you? No, really, I do need to do this just for an illustration. So it's just syrup. You guys will wash it off. All right. Is that okay? For really? Can I open this? How many think I'm too much of a man of God that I would not open this? How many think I'm immature enough that I will open this? Oh, my goodness. You guys. That's horrible. No, really, what, what's happening is this bad audience participation. We're, we're here until 12 o'clock. Yeah. No. You guys know what would happen if I opened this. I'm not going to open it. Uh, I'm not going to. But it just, bam! I mean, it just explodes. I mean, it just explodes because it's stirred up. It, it, it's shaken up. It's stirred up. And uh, that, that's the problem. Just some of us probably just, we just haven't been shaken up in a while. We haven't been stirred up. And, uh, we, you know, that's just where we're at this morning, if we're honest with ourselves. And 
my question for you would just be, I mean, as your leader, that's what I long. That's what I long to see, you know, every one of us stirred up. I mean, just imagine it as we continue to, to, to try our best to do what God leads us to do. If, if, if every single one of us is stirred up and just kind of living for God, then, then together, man, the, the synergy we can be. I mean, that, that's when you start to really change a community. You know what I mean? And, and, and I believe it. I, I, I mean, again, I know some people might say, man, you're just a young pup. You're 30, and you think you really can change the you know, world and stuff, and you know, you'll learn one day. Well, I hope I never do. I mean, I really hope I never learn anything different. I really believe, hey, if we can all get, if we can all get in this perfect will of God and we, we can all start to just strive there and really hit it, man, you're talking about a force that I believe, hey, why not? Terra Hope, come on, let's change it. And, and, and let's, let's just do some amazing things. Why not? What do we got to lose? Uh, stirred up. The question is for you to write down for you this morning, is this where is God stirring you? Where is God stirring you? If you're flat this morning, I, I'm, I want you to get stirred up. But, but God will stir you up. He loves you so much. He loves you so much that he will allow um, maybe some things to happen in your life that will stir you up. Because he loves you that much. And I'm just trying to say, don't go there. Stir yourself up. Get back. Stirred up for God. And... Uh, and that way, it's, it's all good. Where is God stirring you? And, and I would even ask you about this. Where is God stirring you to serve here at Cross Lane? Listen, people, the more we're plugged in, the more that we're doing, enabling you guys to do the ministry, that, again, it's kingdom benefit when we do it like that. And, and, and some of you um, just need to be stirred up and think about serving. Um, you know, we, we've got these cards out there at the information booth, and it just says, I want to get involved. I want to get plugged in. And, and I'm just asking maybe some of you could take some of these today and just start to really say, God, where, where are you stirring me up? You've all got gifts and talents, desires, and, and maybe, maybe it's just an ignorant thing. We haven't connected the dots yet of, 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 of what you're good at, what you long to do, and well, here, here's a need. Here's a ministry need. That, let's link those up. Because see, here's what happens. So far, I mean, our church kind of operates with, hey, we need that to be done. Well, and you guys are all good, dependable people. We'll, we'll call one of you up and you just say, because you're, you're good. I mean, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do that for you. But honestly, that's like, I'll just go ahead and say, like, that's the worst possible recruiting we could do. We could do because that's not, that's not where you're stirred up that's where you're serving. I mean, you're just being, oh, hey, the church needs me. I, I, I'll serve. There's, there's no heart in, in, in that. You know what I'm saying? So, so if you start to really think, where am I, where, what stirs me? For instance, let's take a fourth grade boy. What about that fourth grade boy who this week has just really struggled at school because his grades are bad and uh, friends are starting to really pick on him. His life's just kind of unraveling and all he knows every night when he gets home is that his parents are just fighting and his life just is pretty miserable and when he comes into church yeah he joins a group of people back there and then he sits in the circle and takes in the lesson but but wait a second I mean who really is going to stop him and look him in the eyes and and hear his story today and who's who's going to hug that boy that's what stirs me up well that's pretty easy you know we need to get you hooked up with 
with Pershing, and we're not talking about serving every minute you're here. Just serve a service here and there, and worship the other service. Some of you might get worked up about community needs, and we need to be more hands and feet in the community. Some of you might not know Tracy puts on a community care day first Saturday every month. Or don't quote me on that. One Saturday every month, three like three hours, and just go serve. Some of you might not know that exists, and and maybe you're like, I can do that. I want to do that. Ryan Persh, he's about to launch a new thing this, this spring. I can't wait to see how it, how it goes, and you're going to hear more about it later. But there's going to be a huge garden over here in, in, in Diana's Flowers lot that, that, that Percy and if you've got a green thumb, uh, that we're going to do. And, and when the people come in for food like they do and get food baskets, we're going to get to send home with them fresh food right out of, a, out of a garden, send them home fresh vegetables and stuff. And it's just a really neat uh, idea that gonna, you're going to hear more about. There's just... A lot of opportunities that you just might not know. I, I'm just asking, what if you take one? What if you start to pray? And what if you say, God, where are you stirring me? And the second step in this process, that first step is being compelled by the Holy Spirit. The, the second step is called certain uncertainty. I am certain that the next step will be uncertain. If you decide, yes, I'm going to go through this doorway, just know you will not have all the information hey i'm just trying to help you understand how god works i'm not i'm not telling you as a master i'm not telling you i'm telling you what the bible proves time and time again how god works and if you want to follow god if you want to try to get in a perfect door you just need to know you're going to have very little information paul says it like this in acts 20 uh, 22 i am going to jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there He never gives you all the information because he wants your faith. And if you're uncomfortable with that, I I hate to say this in a hard way, but I mean, you're never going to really get through the doorway God wants for you because it's just how God operates. All through the Bible, I mean, take Noah. Noah, I need you to build an ark. And okay, I'm certain I'm needing to build an ark, but I'm completely uncertain as to why. I mean, I'm on dry ground. Where's the water? He's uncertain of how it's going to go down. I mean, Moses, hey, I'm going to lead you, your people out of Egypt. Okay, great. Wait, there's a Red Sea. I am certain you're leading me. I am uncertain of how it's going to go. Uh, Joshua, the Jordan, the, the city of Jericho, when the walls fall down in there going around seven times They're like i'm certain this is what's happening but kind of uncertain about how this is really going to play out paul is writing it in the new testament and you and i would write that in our stories today if there was a book that there are certain uncertainties all throughout our life and it's just a part of it it's just the way god works and paul listen to all this uncertain talk that paul writes in first corinthians he says this after i go through macedonia I will come to you, for I will be going through Macedonia. Perhaps, don't know, I will stay with you a while, or, who knows, even spend the winter, so that you can help me on my journey, wherever I go. Not really certain where it's going to be. I don't want to come see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you. I hope, I'm not sure if I can. If the Lord permits, don't know if he will. (laughs) But I will stay on Ephesus until Pentecost, because a great door, cinnamon's in my nose, and an opportunity has opened up for me, and there are many who oppose me. 
In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says this, we live by faith, not by sight. And for some of us, we can just say it like, we live by faith, not by facts. Because all of the Bible stories, pretty much that's how it goes. Facts, a lot of times don't, you know, add up. It, it, it's faith, and it, 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 it's so uncertain, and, and God just gives a little bit at a time. And the question for you to take away in this section where do I need to take a step of faith? See, some of you are stirred up. I know some of you are stirred up. It's just the reason you aren't going to the next thing, making a decision, uh, whatever's going on in your life, to even serving here at the church. You're stirred up about something, but you're not doing it because you're uncertain about something right now. And, 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 and I'm just asking you, where do I need to take a step of faith? So the first two is a compelling of the Holy Spirit. I'm bound. I got to do this. Certain uncertainties. If I'm going to go through this doorway, there will be certain uncertainties. The third one is this. You're not going to like this. Uh, predictable resistance. All hell will break loose. Um, here's what we mean in case you uh, sometimes understand church talk or whatever. When we talk about the enemy attacks or, or Satan. We believe that there is heaven and hell. Okay, it's real. And as much as we focus on Jesus Christ as the Savior and redeems and, and praise be to God and God is great and God is faithful. I mean, as, as, as many times as we say those comments and, and as, as, as passionate as we say that, it, the true, it, it's just as true for, for Satan in that he is a liar. He does come to rob you. He does come to destroy you and your marriage. I mean, if you're saying this truth, as much power in that truth is this truth. Satan is real. He, he's a liar. He's a tempter. He's an accuser. He, he robs us of our joy that God wants to give to us. And so, predictable resistance. You want to walk through the door of, of life? You want to walk through God's perfect will for you? We would be foolish not to think the other side's at work. And, and that predictable resistance will, will happen. Uh, Paul said it like this in Acts 20, 23. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me of that prison and hardships are facing me. And I think some of us this morning, we, when we face resistance, we interpret it wrong. When we face resistance, we think, oh, I messed up. Maybe I'll try it again later. Or, oh, now's not a good time. And, and we, we back up so quickly. When really resistance could be, good job. You're right on track of finding the perfect will of, of God for your life. Uh, I think some of us, you know, we might, I mean, like even say church. Like, we, say we make a commitment to, to help out and volunteer and serve. And then, you know, schedule gets crazy and there's some resistance in there. And, and we think, oh, well, now must not be the time that I'm supposed to serve and help the church. And so... We will say like, oh, oh, now I just don't have time. The timing's bad. Instead of saying, no, I, I'll make time to do this great work because the kingdom's growing. It, sometimes we just interpret resistance the wrong way. Predictable resistance. You're going to have it. I'm just trying to encourage you. And I'm asking you this question. You need to write it down or you need to think about it later. Where is the enemy attacking my life? In what corner, what hallway of my heart, in my life, where is the enemy attacking me? Where is there phys like resistance going on? 
and you need to address it. In Psalms, he says, man, I can scale over the enemy lines. And, and, and that's what I'm encouraging you. There's no stopping resistance. Man, I will scale over your face. Sorry about you, Satan. I'm coming over you in the name of Jesus. Where is God attacking you? And, 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 and can you overcome it? Think about that. Okay, so just a quick review before the last one. We've got a compelling, we're compelled by the Spirit. There's certain uncertainties, predictable resistance. The last one is focused determination. A lot of doors are going to be offered for us to walk through. But those who want the perfect will of God, those who just seem like they kind of find it and just kind of soar up in life and just, man, they're like in that sweet spot. Those, man, they're focused. They put aside every distraction and they walk through with an attitude of, I'm never giving up. Paul said it in this way. In Acts, he says this. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus Christ has given me. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Paul was just so head on strong about his, his mission and, and the will for his life. I am. I mean, as your leader, I'm trying my hardest to, to, to be in God's will to, to, to help encourage the saints, you know, the church. And, you know, for me and my family of where are we headed? What are we doing? What, who, you know, who am I? What do I stand for? And, and this is what I'm going for. In this church, more than ever, I am convinced that we are focused. I mean, we have got focused determination. We, not just because of mortar, but because of souls are being changed. Lives are being saved and changed. And, and we are in a time of this church's just history where great things be, beyond explanation are happening. And, and, and we are focused and we are determined to continue uh, and just bringing glory and honor to God through that. All of this, all of these, these four stages... As your leader, a worship leader, you know, one of your leaders, I'm just in trying to encourage you that possibly one of these things is where you're at this morning. And you're trying, you're trying to get back into this will. And, and, and it could be that just one of these four things has you hooked up. I think it can be all summarized in this one statement. And it, it's something for us to just really chew on and dwell on and think about. And it says it like this. When vision increases... When vision increases, that's what I want, vision. When vision increases, options decrease. All the stuff, all the choices, all the other doors, they decrease. When vision increases, options decrease, making it easier to see and walk through the right door, the will of God for your life. Um, I, well, I'm going to come on down off stage it's okay. I'm not going to do anything crazy. I just, you know, the stage is overrated sometimes. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to be down here with you guys when I just kind of wrap this up this morning. Because I just, I mean, I'm in this with you guys. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I just want you to understand that, I mean, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, I mean, uh, I mean, this was a, a brutal, heavy time. And he, uh, I mean, he's sweating blood. And uh, he says, uh, Lord, Father, not my will be done, but your will be done. I mean, that's intense. And then he says, follow me. You know, d do it like I do it. And so the challenge for you and me this morning is like, are, are we really a people saying, yeah, Lord, your will be done, not my will. 
Um, uh, some of us this morning, it, it really just boils down to our vision has been so weakened. I mean, we, ju- we just have a weak, small vision. And you know what happens when your vision decreases? Options increase. And then you walk through other doors and, and then you just get kind of lost. You get confused and then life, you know the rest of the story. We've, we've all been there. And, and so my question this morning is just, my, my heart grieves for that. It really does. Guys, I, I'm saying it. I, I mean, this job, I, I hear the stories. I, I know you guys, and I know I don't know all of you yet, like individually and stuff, but my heart grieves. I, like, I long for us to be a people who, you know, are in the Lord's will and, you know, that we mourn together, we, we ex- ex- celebrate together. And, and to know that some of your vision has simply been robbed by the thief, you know, making their options increased and now you're going in wrong doors or, you know, it, it's, it's grieving. And, and so I just asked this morning um, to just think about this as we sing this song. Uh, Amanda will lead it, sing it over us. I, I, I just want you to close your eyes now and, and bow your head for a few moments. And I want you to think about a couple of things. I just want you to think about this. That some of us know our real problem. I mean, really. That the problem is we're not stirred towards anything because we're not connected. I mean, it's like God feels just like miles away. He certainly doesn't seem close. And I'm just asking, some of you might need to, you know, make a decision to get connected with Jesus Christ and and, and God. Others of you know that you've been brought to Jesus. I mean, salvation isn't an issue, but you're just flat. And you, you just need to know again that Jesus doesn't just give you a get out of hell card. He wants to redeem your life. He wants to redeem your marriage, your relationships. It, he, he's the redeemer. He makes all things new. And some of you just need to be like, yeah, God, I mean, I need you to do that for me. My vision needs to increase. These options decrease. And I need to see the door that you want me to walk through he has so much for us church God has so much for us God we pray in the name of Jesus that you would just reveal it to us guide us strengthen us that you would be our stronghold when we have predictable resistance that you would be our perfect faithfulness when we just um, are uncertain and that you would just be our uh, our great reward of our determination and our focus. And that you would just be a counselor. You'd guide us and lead us and prompt us and stir us in to do what you would have us to do. Uh, just as Amanda sings these songs, if you need to keep praying, just keep your eyes closed, hear the words, or if you uh, want to sing along, you can sing along. But um, let's just uh, end this morning with this, this prayer.
Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of Thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and